Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 27 of Deep in the Novo. I'm Ryan Nowazinski, joined here, as always, by my co-host, Sadiq Tuma. And today, we're excited because we love talking basketball, and we're going to be talking about OSU's 70-62 to victory over Marquette. Uh, yesterday in Milwaukee, I believe Marquette's in Milwaukee, right? That I is think right. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure, right? Uh, you know, just just trying to be a good journalist and have all my facts in order, right? I'm not a geography expert, as as some of our other friends are. Um, but this was an interesting. I texted you after the game. I said this was an interesting win, right? Because it I was so. there was a lot of. Uh, a lot. There's a lot of fun things, especially when you talk about the defense, and I want to start there because. My goodness, the defense was on fire yesterday. I mean, just forcing turnovers. Not only that, but controlling the pace of the game, right? Um, obviously, OSU goes down early, right? And and that was a, another big thing is, is the comeback during this game uh, early on, obviously. Um, but I think the defense was a big part of this, especially that zone. That zone was killing Marquette. It started after, yeah, after OSU went down a lot early. Then they went to that 2-2-1 press. Mm-hmm. And I said this during the game. You don't always, you know, full court press because you're trying to create turnovers or, or, or do anything like that. Or, you know, you're not always trying to do that. Obviously, that is a product. And if you're yeah. not just West Virginia, but a lot of teams, you're trying to do that. But for OSU that had, you know, lost all momentum so early yeah. that had been going in the wrong direction, you do that because you want to slow down the opposing team. Mm-hmm. You want to, you know, get them out, get their offense out of sync, change up the game script a little bit, which they did. And from there, you saw it because Marquette couldn't come down with the same tempo, you know, with the same flair, the same momentum. They had to slow things down a little bit. And then once they got in the half-court sets, that 2-3 zone really killed them early because you went to that 2-3 zone and you saw this. I mean, I, I'll just say this, plain and simple. Through three games, I love this defense. Yeah. The last year versus this year are two different things. Obviously, you know you have much better defenders mm-hmm. coming into this year. I mean, you lose, like, a guy like Thomas Zagwa and you replace him with a guy like Rondell Walker, yeah. Bryce Williams, all these guys. But every, each and every person, even Farron, everyone who was, you know, maybe, I mean, even Matthew Alexander Moncrief, everyone is just, even if they're not producing mm-hmm. the same level on defense, everyone is buying in. Mm-hmm. You know, forget about the lack of height, the like, lack of anything. The fact that everyone is playing so hard on defense, and it's a team effort, not just because everyone's playing hard as a team, because you see the way they're rotating. You see, the, you see how active this defense is. Mm-hmm. In the 2-3 zone, you see... Two, three zones are, are so effective because you should double so well or, you know, rotate to one side. You see good zones like Syracuse. Yeah. You see them at one point, And if you just turn on the TV in the middle of the game, you'll see about the entire defense on mm-hmm. half of the half court. That's how it's supposed to look because yeah. you're rotating as one unit. You're getting back. You're, you're forcing the defense to throw the ball across the entire court. And by the time you do that, you've already rotated there. You're not giving them anything in the post. You're not giving them anywhere. And you saw the way this zone was playing. It was so well. You saw, first of all, in individual great defense. Cade Cunningham sticking on one wing. Isaac Likely in other place. Guys rotating easily, communicating so well, switching so well. I mean, in the zone you don't switch, but you know what I mean? Just rotating so well and moving. And then you see the way they're forcing guys into other guys. And then, you know, fronting the post. I mean, in, in the zone, you you weren't letting the ball get in the middle, as in down low. But mm-hmm. then in the middle, you had saw a guy sliding in front of there to make sure it wasn't easy. What's the easiest and best way to break the zone? Get the ball in that free throw line. Get yeah. that ball in the middle. Then from there, make decisions. Force that defense to collapse, and then get the ball if mm-hmm. you need to. Get good shots. Always take the middle if you can. But OSU wasn't letting them. And you saw it so many times. There wasn't just turnovers on uh, swats and steals, which was great. I mean, first off, there was. Mm-hmm. Active hands. Bryce Williams, Kate Cunningham, four and three steals. They were, you were swatting balls, you know, forcing guys to create mistakes. But also just... Shot clock violations. Yeah. There were several of those. Because this team is just... I mean, Marquette just kept, you know, trying to pass the ball. They couldn't get a good shot off. And that really hindered them. And then in man-to-man, they were great again. 
it was it was it was active. It was rotating really well, like they normally do. They switch really well. Everyone's playing such strong defense, and they're playing as a team. Because sometimes it's not just man to man on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna force you this way. Uh, it's again hard to describe over you yeah. know voice, but imagine you just guys on the wing. You're forcing him to the baseline or forcing him to the middle so that you have another guy to help. And there was a lot of that forcing to the middle, and that's such an effective strategy. But again, all of this started. From Mike, Mike Boyan's decision to go to a 2-2-1 press. Didn't force turnovers so much. There were a few, mm-hmm. you know, swats and things here and there. But for the most part, it changed the tempo. It changed the script. Great, great coaching decision. Defense starts by coaching. Yes, it started with that 2-2-1 press, right? Whereas there wasn't... And, and some traps to it half right. court. Um, and, and while those traps at half court or that 2-2-1 press, right... It didn't cause any turnover or many turnovers as a direct result of that. Mm-hmm. It it permeated down to that two, right. uh, to that two three zone right, and then and then that's what caused some of these turnovers. And you just get them out of sync. Yeah, yeah, out of sync uh, for sure. And and Marquette even tried like they tried to like you said attack uh, near that free throw line right in the right. middle. But you and couldn't. even even some uh, zone offense concepts right, and and really just just not nothing was working for uh, the Marquette Golden Eagles and and uh, it is a testament too to to what Mike Boyne was able to do and and uh was was what he was trying to do was get them out of sync and they and it worked and just watch the way he's coached his team for the past years he's emphasized defense so much and now with these guys I mean you see Rondell Bryce Williams Kate Cunningham Isaac Likely I mean you thought the Avery Anderson the amount of really good defenders but also guys that commit on the defensive end mm-hmm. that they just wrote that's what that's what I'm most happy happiest about the fact that this team is playing as a team on defense right they're rotating so well in the post there's a reason there's not so many um you know there's not a lot of you know easy baskets and such because almost everything is contested Mm -hmm. because you see the way they're rotating they're switching really well off ball that's where you a lot of times will lose guys yeah when a guy would just you know that's it's, it's it's almost a flaw with a lot of teams though they'll let a guy chase someone else around instead of seamlessly switching but again easier said than done but it comes from in practice from communicating from harping on the fact that communication is so important i'm sure they screw that up a million times in mm-hmm. practice but learning from that and and getting guys and now you see on the court and it just looks like a seamless product of switching um rotating really well you know weak side rotations getting help on drives all these things and it's it you can't be mad about baskets that go in all the time, but baskets that aren't contested mm-hmm. will, you know, take you off if you're an OSU right. fan. And this is one where they really, you know, hampered down on defense really well. Yeah, they totally did. And, and let's put some tangibility to this, right? Yeah. Outside of the uh, scoreboard and the end result, let's talk about how Marquette did as in the second half when OSU sure. really started to ramp up this zone um, and that press. Just pressure, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and the numbers back it up. Uh, it was 8 for 20, or excuse me, 8 for 31 shooting in the second half for Marquette, Okay. 24 turnovers in the game. This was ridiculous and a a great testament uh, to this, the motor. Uh, Once again, we use that word, motor of this OSU team. I mean, these guys are relentless on defense, and it it is a part of their identity, and they are proud to be a part of of this OSU uh, defense, right, and this OSU team as a whole. Look, you can either sit there and complain about how small this team is Mm -hmm. or how they don't have big length, or you can go and, you know, play hard. And that's what this team has done all year long. Right. Mike Boy, none of these guys have ever been concerned or – you know, even in the slightest bit concerned about, oh, yeah, we can't cover Azubuke down low. We are obviously he's gone, but we can't cover big guys down low or mm-hmm. we, we don't have the post defense or blah, blah, blah. It's it's just, hey, yeah, no, we're, we're just I don't care. <laughs> we're going to get around it. I, I mean, if you want to complain, sit there and complain. But it hasn't been. It's been such good team defense. And I, I'm going to say it and I keep saying it. I'm going to say it again. Team defense in 2020 is how you 
play good defense in basketball. Sure, of course, yeah, that, and and all these switches, right? All these, all the help defense, all the team defense. This is how you win, right? And right. and they, they as a unit uh, move very cohesively. So uh, what a performance from this defense yesterday, that and that really was quite a performance. Um, now let's talk about Cade Cunningham, right? Uh, obviously a big a big thing coming in was you know the battle of the freshmen, right? Uh, for Marquette and and obviously versus Cade Cunningham. Um, so what did you see from him yesterday? Um, I, I obviously didn't have uh, statistically as great of a performance as he did the first game, but my goodness, he was the clear best player of the floor. And he proves his game in and game out. I think three things, in, three games in, I, I, I'm sure I knew this, but I think I've really realized every team is going to harp in yep. on Cade Cunningham, irrespective of the fact that all these guys have gone off this game, which we'll get to, but mm-hmm. irrespective of that, people are going to start there because that's where it often starts. But I thought it was great. Let's Before we get into what Cade did, how Mike Boyden has been using Cade. Yeah. You see it now with the post-ups. You see him down low. They get him the ball there. They reverse the ball. They run him some picks to get him good position. Cade is so smart and so savvy and understands post position. He's near the rim, but he'll po- he'll he'll just seek out a little bit of a gap. Again, hard to describe over voice, but he, he'll be near the basket, and there'll be just a little bit of a sliver of space mm-hmm. between the basket and his man, whose man will be trying to front him, but that ball will go over. He'll he'll get good space, and then he'll make good decisions that way. They get him the ball on the perimeter, and I thought it was really it was really smart. And you see the IQ and the understanding after a little bit of okay, yeah, I can't drive in because there's so many bodies here. But what's really changing is, I mean, I knew he's a good shooter, but I mean, he's proving it game in game yeah. out that he is a shot creator, mm-hmm. that he can stop on a dime, pull up in front of you, make mid range shots. I uh, got a sweet stroke, got a very fundamental stroke. And he can pull up. He can make difficult shots. The turnaround near the near the basket. I mean, these are t- difficult shots. Yeah. And it's it's the smartness of understanding. A, let me get the ball to my three point shooters. And B, that's not always going to work, especially with the way Marquette was playing. You see the way they were packing the paint, especially mm-hmm. early before those three three started to go down. It was really packing the paint, and it wasn't packing the paint where it was just stuffed. Right. It right. was it was just you know those guys can rotate and get there, and they were. And they were, you know, letting the three ball fly a little bit. They were rotating late. But Cade understanding, okay, yeah, I need to hit some of these outside shots so the inside game will open. It changes the whole dynamic because you start hitting it, the mid-range shots, the three-point shots. Those things here and there, they ch- it changes everything. So I thought Cade played really well. And I think it's really understanding of when to pick his spots, where to go, and just his ability to go get a basket and to understand, okay, I can drive in this place. Mm-hmm. And it's just so many different things. Because you see you know, sometimes just the stop on a dime and pull up in the mid-range with a guy in his face, those are difficult shots to hit. Right. And I think he did really well. And, again, it, it was a lot of that. It was packing the paint and trying to stop Cade Cunningham first. And I think, again, something I keep waiting for through three games, we really haven't seen the playmaking ability. And a lot of that is just committing to cutting off his passing angles right. when they rotate. They're not just rotating to stop him as a scorer. They're also rotating to stop him as a passer, which is, again, a difficult thing to get around. But the, the more he starts hitting those shots from outside, the different you ha- can't defend him the same. Mm-hmm. And if these guys from outside start hitting more and more shots and guys start scoring, it just becomes a very different game. And, and also say this, mm-hmm. the way that you, we talked about the first game especially, the lack of offensive sets, and I think a lot of that had to come down to they haven't had practice time. They, I mean, they're, they're trying to come into defense mm-hmm. and rebounding first because offense can come. And I, I and you saw in the first game, there wasn't a lot of offense sets, a lot of off-ball movement. It was a lot of one-on-one guys, you know, just going and dribble drives, reversing the ball around, finding the guy who can hit a gap and go, mm-hmm. which is fine, which which works enough because you have the talent that you have all around. But at the same time, it's a difficult process, and you want to get, get guys easier shots. And it got better and better each game, and it's going to keep getting better. You see these guys moving around. You see the getting them in better spots to rotate the ball around to get the ball to their playmakers. And 
yeah, for Cade, I think he played well, and I think it's it's just it's such a luxury, but also just an engine of this team. When you look at – it's a testament to Cade Cunningham uh, and the fact that you're right. We haven't seen much of his playmaking abilities, and that's because the teams are harping on, on right. it, right? Um, and it's it's like Tylen Wallace, right? Uh, right. When he goes out there, you're obviously going to see him get doubled or, or anything like that. They're going to apply all this pressure to Tylen Wallace. Uh, they're going to apply all this pressure to Cade Cunningham too, and they're going to try to stop what they see as his primary uh, attack, which is, is playmaking, right? That's right. It. Playmaking ability is outstanding. Um, so when and when it comes down to it, uh, this is a guy who it's proving his greatness in the fact that he's able to thrive uh, even without that sort of playmaking ability um, and and being able to really show that off. Uh, yeah. And 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 he's creating his own shots, right? And he's and he's uh, going across the court and 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 being in the right place, right? Off ball movements, great. And and he's really doing a great job. And it's making such difficult shots, mm-hmm. and it's not even like a shooting you know, 40, 30 times or something. He's not, you know, he's not the typical freshman who's just so used to being the number one guy who just feels like they have to shoulder everything. Yeah. I mean, think about it. He only had 13 points before the last two free throws. Right. This is a guy who's really taking on, you know, the right load and understanding when to hit guys. And that's a big part of it. As a point guard, you not only are trying to create assists. And here's the thing. I, I say that I haven't seen the playmaking ability yet. But I say that as a thing, almost as a compliment. Yeah. That you have that, but he's not forcing the issue. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that first game he had what five turnovers, whatever. Yes. But a lot of that wasn't on him. It was just the difficulty of his defense and the fact that he knew he kind of had to put it himself, and how well that defense was playing. But you talk, you think about it here, and he's just getting. Uh, he's not getting smart. He is smart. Yeah. It's understanding how to pick his spots, when to pick his spots, and here's the thing about point guards, about floor generals, really mm-hmm. good floor generals. They're not guys who are just going to go in and create an assist and find a guy. Sometimes you just realize, all right, yeah, my guy is hot, or he's good from the spot. Let me get him the ball right here. You don't, you don't get an assist. You don't get any sort of tick, but you do from your coach, and you do from people who understand basketball right. because those are just smart plays. And just being a floor general, handing the ball to people, handing the ball to your players in the right spot, you know, even getting them in the post, you know, hit, hit Caleb Boone down low and just be done right there. Um, smart plays. That's how you be a floor general. That's how you control this team, and that's how you control the pace. That's how you win games. Hats off to Cade Cunningham for getting it done and being able to come into his own role here uh, at OSU. Let's talk about Cade Cunningham when he's when he's not on the floor, right? And let's talk about how Isaac Likely is able to step up his performance and 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 run this offense uh, when Cade Cunningham's on the floor or, or off the floor uh, on the bench. Isaac Likely, my goodness, he, the way he's able to drive in uh, and and be that kind of slasher type of deal, um, and and also kick the ball out, uh, you know, to, for an open shot, he's doing a great job this year. And uh, and obviously, uh, last game he he had a a pretty good stat line too. So so when you look at Isaac Likely, what do you see from him when Cade Cunningham's not on the floor? I'm sure a lot of people are looking at Isaac Likely, looking at his stats, looking at his production, and thinking he's he's not meshing well. Mm-hmm. But I think he's meshed perfectly. I think so too. Right? I mean, first off, let's think about when Cade's on the floor. This is a guy who can now start to hit threes. Yeah. And it looks smooth. It looks it looks confident. It looks really good. It looks good, and he's doing it in places where you don't think it's going in. And understandably, the commentators and everyone are still surprised. But, man, he, he looks like – like I said from game one, I had a good feeling because it's it's development's not something you can track. But you yeah. saw game one, and you saw the way he was taking shots. And it's it's good because, it first off, it gives you that sort of floor spacing. Mm-hmm. helps his own game. But it also helps the fact that you're playing next to Cade give you more floor spacing – if, you, if teams want to sag off, you can pull it up. You can pull that shot. Mm-hmm. But then also when Cade's off the floor, it's I, I realize this just it just struck in my head right as soon as Cade went to the bench and there was one play. Isaac Likely having him is such a luxury. Right. The fact that you can replace Cade Cunningham and Isaac Likely, again, one of the best point guards mm-hmm. in the nation when he's healthy. He's so underrated. 
And even now he's underrated. You think about Cade Cunningham and everyone talks about Cade and this top five recruiting class. People forget about Isaac Likely. I mean, yeah, the people, a lot of people know them, know him, but they don't realize how good he's been mm-hmm. and his impact on both sides of the ball as a defender, as a leader, but also, you know, as an offensive guy, he can get to the rim. He's so strong, so savvy. And he almost plays the same role that Cade does. Yeah, he does. He, right, he can get down on those post-ups. He can be a playmaker mm-hmm. on the block. He can score from the block. Now he can shoot a little bit. Uh, he can find guys really well. He's a very savvy, great passer, obviously. Can get to the rim, though. Strong, athletic, understand, low to the ground. I mean, he's got a good center of gravity, a low center of gravity, rather. And he's a talented guy. It's such a luxury to have a guy like that. And on the floor together, I think... It's unmistakable to me that when you have those type of play type, when you have both those like play styles, those ball dominantness, the fact that they've meshed this well, because you see, many, see it so many times where Kate will be going down low or Isaac likely will be going down low or they'll be on different sides and just understand, hey, if I drive, if Kate drives in, he gets doubled a little bit. Or even if just guys start looking at him, you pass the ice and it's another guy can drive mm-hmm. in. It's su- such a luxury that if Cade's, you know, being doubled real quick, you pass to Avery, then Avery passes to Chris, then Chris passes to Isaac yeah. Likely. I mean, that's that's again, that's another, that's basically having another just init- play initiator on that side to go find some more baskets. And he's grabbing rebounds, he's playing defense, he's he's doing things all over, and his impact goes way beyond the stat sheet. Yeah, totally right, and and the fact that he's able to uh, shoot the ball now a little bit better, right. and have a better, a smoother stroke on it. I mean. Isaac likely can shoot now. I, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead yeah, and say it. Like sure. we talk about the potential of it, but I think I think we can all, all all just flat out say it. And I'd love to see him get more shots up. That would be uh, truly an interesting thing to see um, if if he could put more shots up right and and, yeah. and see how he can shoot on uh, on a higher workload. And he's not even a. I mean, sorry, he's so talented inside, and he's such he's so good at the rim that he doesn't need to be a volume no. shooter, right? He can just be that guy who takes maybe two, three. Maybe takes five threes in one game, takes zero the next game, one the next game. He can be that sort of player where he's just doing enough to make you respect it, but that opens up everything. Even without a shot, he was still getting to the mm-hmm. rim. But this just explains it a whole hell of a lot more. It does, man. It does. Uh, and and when you look at the rest of the team, right, and, and the three-point shooting, uh, you look at some of the numbers, right? You look at 27.8% uh, from, from the uh, beyond the arc, um, and it doesn't look super sexy. But when you when you take a look at it and, and the shots that they're putting up, I mean, I still like it, right? You have a guy out there in Fair and Flavors who can shoot long threes. I believe it was in the second half. He had a long, long did, three yeah. at the top of the key. Uh, and it was so cool to see, right? And there's a bunch of guys out there that are able to do this. And I still think they're putting these right shots up, maybe uh, less so this game. But but I think, uh, you know, in the, in the previous past couple games, you know, you look at some of the three-point uh, percentages, and I think they're putting the right shots up. And they're going to fall eventually. They're just some guys that are shooting like, oh, for three here and there that piles up and and gets the team percentage down but i think overall when it comes to down to it these this team is taking the right shots no you're right i saw the percentage at the end of night and i i was like it's misleading right it really is (laughs) it really is it really is because you take a look at those shots and they were you're right they were such good shots Mm -hmm. i thought almost every shot they took was uncontested lightly contested in the flow the offense i mean yeah i mean call a fair and shot bad if it doesn't go in i love it but it goes in right (laughs) i mean and that's the thing that's and i remember seeing that and I was like, okay, this is what I yeah. What I didn't tweet, what I didn't, what I was thinking though was, this is the benefit of having a veteran guy. Mm-hmm. This is why you bring in a fair and flavors, not just because of the three point shooting ability, but they were down what 15, 10, 15, yes. 20 points at the time, and a veteran guy who's been in these situations before, 
understands, not even just understands, but he's a guy who who's, who's, his nerves are a lot more common than the other guys because he's been in these situations before. Mm-hmm. So he hits a big shot and gets everyone's you know aura down and mm-hmm. stops freaking out because you have a bunch of young guys who haven't been in this sort of situation mm-hmm. many times. And that's a benefit of having that. But you're right. All these shots were so good. I mm-hmm. thought they were all open. They were all good. They were all you know close to the line pretty much. Um, that's that, Those are the type of shots you want. Yeah, I mean, they didn't go in whatever. But yeah. I thought I thought they shot really well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was big because now you got the floor spacing. And from there, everything else expands open. And it's going to – it's it, and that's what I said. Through three, through three games, they've taken really good shots. Forget the percentages. Forget the blah, blah, blah. But they've taken good shots. They've taken open shots. And they're going to come with Kate and Isaac likely driving in. Now with Bryce Williams and mm-hmm. all these guys, um, they've got really good shooters, and it's going to be so important because you think about, not it's like you, you want to pack the paint if you're market, you want to pack the paint if you're any team mm-hmm. with Cade Cunningham driving in. All right, kick it out to Rondell Walker, yeah. kick it out to Bryce Williams, kick it out to Farron Flavors, kick it out to Keelan Boone, whoever. I mean, they're kick it out to Isaac Likely apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's that sort of thing, and it, it just helps so much. Three point shooting is so important. In you know basketball today, it was there was a time where you could draft guys that couldn't shoot or you were fine if they couldn't shoot. Now it's a necessity. It really is. And the three point shooting is so important. I think they're gonna fall because they're too talented of three point shooters mm-hmm. for them to not fall. You've seen all these guys. Rondell who went over <clears> two. We've seen him. Fair and flavors. Not only we've seen him last game, we've yeah. seen him in his entire career. I know, yeah. Shooting threes, right? Mm-hmm. We know these guys can make threes. They're good shots because even if they're not going in. With a guy like Farron Flavors, once these guys establish a reputation of Farron Flavors, Rondell already has that reputation. Donovan Williams, once they start, even mm-hmm. Anderson's sitting threes, Chris Harris, right? All these guys have reputations. So even if they go, you know, two for 20 for yeah. three in a night, just the fact that those guys are shooting, the defense is going to have to pay attention. Exactly. And, and start, you know, expanding. Otherwise, they're spacing gonna, it out. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to have a long term effect. And that's going to be so important. Yeah, that will space out the entire floor, right? And that'll give Cade Cunningham more opportunities to drive in, right, and, and do what he does best. Um, and then you're right, like that that Farron Flavors one for six stat line uh, uh, from three, it's misleading it really for is. some reason. I I, I, I did, looked at that at the end of the game. That uh, The 27%, obviously, that, that stuck out to me. But when you look at Farron Flavors in particular, like it was not a thing of, oh, my goodness, like he took so many bad shots, bench him. I didn't think that. I didn't no. think of it that yeah, way. Right? And and uh, and when he hit that one, that was from gosh, it was from Green Bay, right? They're in Milwaukee. They, it was from Green Bay. It was so far. Um, it, yeah. it really electrified the team, right? And uh, it really did. You know, if if it goes in, it's not a bad shot. <laughs> uh, so so that that's no, I mean, that. I mean, obviously, I know you're joking, but the the whole thing with good and bad shots are every shot is different per person. You take Steph Curry and the shots that he would consider a good right. shot are very different from what Caleb Boone would consider a good <laughs> shot, right? Farron Flavors taking that sh- that type of shot versus Isaac Likely taking that sort of shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we said he's improved, but at the same time, the sh- type of shot, shot selection varies per player. It does. I mean, you think about it. You wouldn't have Avery Anderson post up on a post hook on a one-on-one and think it's a good shot. But if Matthew Alexander Moncrief did it, it's two different things. Um, small tangent, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a good shot for a guy like Farron Flavors. I mean, good enough, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Uh, and let's talk about two of my favorite players from last night, okay? Sure. Two of, I think, you know, we talked about Cade Cunningham being the best player on the floor. But these were the real stars of the show. I'm talking Rondell Walker. And I'm talking, oh, my gosh, you told me about him. And I mean, I believed you, obviously, but I, the Bryce Williams show, I think this is going to be incredible with Cade and ice on the bench. 
or or anybody, right? If you if you if this team's starting point guard was Bryce Williams, mm-hmm. I think it still works, right? He is incredible off the bench, right? He's a great piece when the, these two guys are, da- are are not in, or if you put him and, and another one of them out there, this is a guy who's going to get it done this se- this season, and, and he proved it the other day. I saw a tweet from Fran Fischella today yes. saying that he had talked to Mike Boyden earlier, and Mike Boyden thought that Bryce Williams would be like Baylor's Devontae Bandu last mm-hmm. year. You know, six-man star, stud, guy who can come off the bench and score in a hurry. And you see it early. Bryce Williams was not only talked up by Mike Boyden this offseason, he has proven it. I mean, obviously he was didn't play the first game, dental emergency. Second game only played, what, three minutes? Mm-hmm. And now he really showed it. And this guy, I mean, you watched the tape of his Jucos before Ole Miss, and he was talented as a number one guy. He was, he's, I always said this, he had like Russell Westbrook-esque athleticism. Yes. Maybe obviously a notch or two below, but he's athletic. You, I think easily he's their best athlete mm-hmm. instantaneously. You see it on the floor when he's just in transition or just running in. He's got such good balance, good vertical. And then he's a really good three-point shooter, good yeah. form there, really good defender, high energy there. He's got all the traits you want. He is a instant. He's a bucket for sure. He is getting so good, and he comes off the bench and he is such. He's a really good player. Yeah. He really is. I think that was a great get by Mike Boyne, and it, you almost just scratch your head as, mm-hmm. man, they got this after the ban and after the yard yeah. and he leaving. So, was no one ever going to take it under the radar? Really, he really, and he was at a power five program yeah. at Ole Miss, and not one that's you know flooded with talent no, either no, no, yeah. it's all miss and and it was one of those things you're like man that's crazy but man he is yeah he is really really talented yeah it was you the grit he gave a you three for five from three he obviously he spaced the floor out mm-hmm. gave you those threes and it's one of those things where the market kept wanting to sag off and play off on kate Cunningham and on isaac like and all these guys so you have a guy in bryce williams who's ready to take those shots then he's able to get to the rim but you also saw this he is able to play that point guard position not that OSU needed more point guards. No, no. <laughs> but you never have too many ball handlers, right? Sure. And Bryce Williams gave you another one in a night where you also lost Avery and Chris Harris, but that's okay because even without that, you're fine, right? But, yeah, what a talented guy. I gave him a spark for sure. You're mm-hmm. right. Such a talented guy, and he's really going to be good for OSU this season. You know, there were times last season, a bunch of times actually, where Mike Boynton was shipped off the starting lineup and, and mm-hmm. uh, tweaked with it a little bit. Do you think there's ever going to be a time this year, a couple games maybe, where uh, we see Bryce Williams in the starting lineup? I could if there's injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of matchups and something, I don't think so. Yeah. Because, yeah, you want that six man, and he's going to be playing the same amount of minutes mm-hmm. anyway. And it's like you don't need that extra You don't need that extra ball handling. No. Like I said, you can have it. But maybe Farron goes down or Kalen, Kalen sure. goes down. So maybe you see him in. That's what I was thinking for Farron. Right, yeah. And mm-hmm. But it's like one of those things, if those guys are healthy, I would just bring him off the bench just because he's that, you know, gives you that much of a mm-hmm. spark plug. But also he's playing the same amount of minutes anyway. Yeah. Whether he starts or comes off the bench, it's okay. If you have the luxury to bring a guy like that off the bench, you're fine. Uh-huh. Not about who starts games, but about who finishes the game. Bryce Williams is sure. a finisher for sure. Let's talk about Rondo Walker, one of the uh, – Oh One my of God. my favorite surprises of the year. I mean, this is a guy who coming into this year, I, I knew he would be good, right? He has the talent. He has, you know, the experience right in high school and, and uh, playing for a bunch of these uh, talented teams. But my goodness, he is coming into his own early on this season. He's becoming one of the stars in this team. Uh, I'm not surprised with the fact that he's this good. I, I think I'm surprised with the fact that he's playing this many minutes. Ex- that's, right? yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's one of those things where – in PC West, he led them, I believe, in points and steals. Mm-hmm. You see the defense, the high motor. What did I say last podcast? Like, he is so good at creating steals. He's so good at targeting the ball and understanding when people leave them exposed on drives whenever. That's how he creates so many steals. Right. He plays with such a high motor. He is constantly 
churning on defense. You see the pressure he applies. And he loves playing defense. He hustles. He's a very exciting guy. And he's only, what, 160, 170? Skinny, but he's, Skinny got, as heck. But he's got the deceptive strength when he drives yeah. in. Uh, great moves with the Euro step, the side steps, little moves here and there. And his first step is lethal. I mm-hmm. think I, I think I realized that in high school, but he you could see it against Marquette, really. His first step is lethal. He's got the three-point shot that people have to respect a little bit. Um, then you can just burst by you. Even there was a, a player or two where Marquette wasn't, you know, up on him because he could shoot. But still, this guy's first step is lethal. He can get to the basket. He's a little crafty down there. Like, he is good. He's a very good player. Def- defense, we just talked about it. Mm-hmm. But on offense, you saw in high school where he could, you know, pull up on a dime. He could shoot the mid-range. He can hit contested shots. He is a tough guy. And he was elite from deep in three. Mm-hmm. From, in high school, excuse me. Elite from <laughs> three in high school. Yeah. And... That's translating here really quickly, and he's becoming a key piece for this team. You're right. I mean, great, great. Just he's just eye candy to watch as well. Yeah, he, especially on defense, you see that. Yeah, the, and the talent was always there, like you said. Right. But but my goodness, Boynton trusts this guy. Yeah, he, he trusts him for sure. I mean, he's he's up there in, in leading for um, minutes on the team, right? Um, and he proved it against Texas Southern. Yeah. But now again against a talented Marquette a team, very Let's, good defense. Yeah, very good defense, right? He's able to go out there and 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 really show his stuff and and uh just prove it once again on the offense side of the ball and definitely on defense. I mean, this Rondell Walker is a you said it best a deceptively strong guy and that proves in his defense right and he does a great job with it i just love his first step i really do me too yeah Yeah, you're right like i said lethal and he's able to get there like kate is obviously a mesmerizing talent Mm -hmm. but ronda he's not you know the elite athlete ronda walker is serious athlete like you see him and his motor oh my god Mm -hmm. you love it on defense for sure Mm -hmm. and then deceptive strength he's able to get to the basket he's also a good passer you, yeah. we haven't seen much of that yet but you saw it in the high school tape he was a good passer definitely yeah. and he's got that combo guard skill he can play that one he can play that two mm-hmm. he is going to be a great player for oklahoma state but i mean he he's he's doing well right now mm-hmm. let's focus on right now right yeah he's he's a great piece and he is i'm glad that you know you had so much youth ta- you have so much youth and so much of this mm-hmm. and that sometimes guys get you know a little not unconfident but Sometimes the morale just kind of gets merged a little bit. Mm-hmm. You don't see that one guy emerge a lot of times when you have those young teams. But I'm glad that Rondell Walker, or, you know, someone first off, but, I mean, a lot of talented guys, but glad Rondell Walker is emerging because this guy's a serious talent. I mean, let's not forget, on the ESPN list, top 50 recruit, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's overshadowed by Kate Cunningham. Big time, yeah, right? of course. I, but he's a very talented guy. Let's not forget that. Oh, totally, right? And he's, he's going to be a, a crucial piece for OSU this season and definitely going forward. Oh, my goodness, him developing is going to be a scary sight to see. Let's talk a little bit, and I'm not going to sound the alarms here, but a little bit about regression, uh, especially from that first game. Matthew Alexander Moncrief, his production's gone down a little bit, right? His his shootings get a little bit worse, or excuse me, his uh, scorings get a little bit worse, right? Um, and just percentage-wise, you look at it, and and it's not attractive. But what is happening with this guy? I mean, you know, coming down from the first game, like I said, not sounding the alarms yet. But his production has gone down quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's important to say it's not sounding the alarm. Uh-huh. But yeah, it has been. I mean, it's a noticeable struggle. I'll say this, and I'll say this from the beginning, because you didn't see the ball handling that first game as much. Right. But, I mean, his ball handler is not great, no. which is fine, mm-hmm. right? You'll get there, but it's it's fine for now. Because, mm-hmm. again, he is a big man. He's playing the five a lot, too. Sure. But you see the same things that we saw from day one. His footwork is awesome, right? He can get to the spots he needs to. That's the thing you – you know, two for nine on the night. Mm-hmm. He's getting to the spots he needs to. And a lot of times he'll drive in, get to where he needs to, but just not finish properly. And I think a lot of that comes down to the polish and, you know, finishing through contact to some degree. Not to say he can at all. He's a 
elite finisher in in high school. He was a great finisher. He's going to be here for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just that little polish and that little bit of delivery at the end where you you see him there and he'll hit, put the ball where it needs to be, but then just slide off wrong and yeah. it'll, it'll miss off the basket. He's the footwork is allowing his body and his arms and everything to get to the place they need to. But from there, it's just that little bit of polish at the end that's really a little bit off. And I, I don't even say the decision-making is bad. The only one that was really bad was that one where he tried to drive in and just got the ball clearly stolen. Mm-hmm. That's what I talk about, the ball handling. The, the footwork is great in the post. He's still got that sort of, you can put the ball on the floor and just go straight down. But it's one of those things. He's going to you know improve a little bit and realize, okay, yeah, I need to finish through. Because there were some of them that were just weird mm-hmm. where I he agree. Would got to the point. It's not like the defender was overly on his body pushing him out. Matthew Alexander Moncrief got to the spot he needs to, the spot where he was scoring for, from against UT Arlington, and would just flat out miss. And yeah. it's not like he was wide open. But the spots where he was going and the spots where how he was scoring were just off a little bit. I think it's going to come back quickly. I think it's just that little bit of polish at the end. Yeah, I think so too, right? And and he's a guy, he's he's sort of a, Mike Boynton called him, if he was in the United States, right, he would be one of the top prospe- prospects. Top 20, in, 20 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's still some things to iron out there, right? And uh, obviously that'll come along. He's a freshman. He's young as heck. Sure. But if he wants to, you know, maybe potentially make the NBA draft this this upcoming season, right? Uh, then he's going to have to, you know, polish some of those things. Uh, and, sure. and and surely he might be able to get that done. But uh, time will tell, obviously, as the season goes along. Um, let's talk a little bit about another big guy, right? Let's talk about Caleb Boone a little bit. What do you think, you know, in terms of his potential, not only on this season, but as, as time goes on in his career, what do you think that, that potential ceiling could be? Because he's another guy that's, that's sort of a, a mystery, right? As, as it stands right now. He scored two points, but those two points gave me a sigh of relief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a very weird way, because I was, you know, almost holding my breath the whole season thinking, Oh, I just had such bad, your, an a vibes mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah from that second third year onwards where he had showed so much promise and mm-hmm. then kind of went down and i'll say this i didn't think caleb boone was going up that same path at all mm-hmm. i just think it was foul trouble from day one sure he couldn't get into that same routine again last night right exactly and and that's that's the name of the game mm-hmm. the foul trouble which is again a your name problem and that's why it gives you those such vibes right but i think he he showed it on that one post up like i said that sigh of release what I wanted to see from this guy was, like you see with Matthew Alexander Moncrief, is there a guy that they can just throw it down to low and he can, you know, put down, put up a basket, you know, get in good position, good feel, understand where guys are, pass it out if need to. And you see some of the promise of the passing too, where he, he was turnovers, like I think all the passes. Yeah. But there were a couple of them where he's holding the post and a guy's cutting in and he he he's, he's a willing passer. He understands, hey, this guy's cutting. Obviously, a pass was off. I'm, I'm talking about the UT Arlington game. There was a one to Isaac Likely. The pass was off. But the fact that he's willing to do that shows me that, okay, he's trying to expand his skill set, you know, trying to do some of those things. And I think he's getting there as a shot blocker as well. He had three blocks against Texas Southern, two here. And every time, even when he's not getting the shot block, you see him going up there, yeah. contesting those. That's great. Great for that defensive potential. But it's the foul trouble. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's this where is got- a urinate problem. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you learn, okay, I got to stay a little more disciplined, understand when I go up. And that's some, sometimes the toughest thing for big men. Yeah. Right. You see, you saw with Andre Drummond in Detroit when he came in. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of examples of big men struggling with foul trouble. And because of that, you, you get out of a flow. You don't play as many minutes. Your production looks bad. And you just don't get in a flow. Mm-hmm. And flows and rhythms are so important, right? For Kate Cunningham, too, rhythm is so important yeah. for basketball players. And he's a guy that would obviously be a centerpiece who could play 30, 35 minutes if they needed him to. 
Uh, I mean, they as in they probably need him to, mm-hmm. right? And he can mesh with them at the Alexander Moncrief because they got two athletic guys, even though you don't have the same shooting, but you have that sort of athleticism. That's mm-hmm. why it would work uh, when they would need it to. But it's that sort of thing, and I'm just waiting for him to really break out. But I think it was a really good, sh- good, really good um, potential based on the fact that he made one basket I, I, in a weird way, right? right? You no, know you're, I mean? right, right? you're right. Right, exactly. And it was like, okay, yeah, I see that he's he's doing well in the post up. Because my that, gosh, that, he just needs to stop this foul right. thing. And I, I think he just has so much potential. You talk about Cade and Ice and in the pick and roll game, mm-hmm. right? If this guy can run, he is he can be a great rim runner, obviously, because he's so athletic and can jump out. He's got a great wingspan. Mm-hmm. He can post up. He's got a lot of things. And on defense, he's showing out that way. And he doesn't need to be the strong, you know, 250-pound no. guy down low because of how I said. I mean, look at it. When when he's out of the game, when Matthew Alexander's out of the game, they put Cade Cunningham at the five right. because here's the thing. The way they're playing is they're doubling guys in the post. They're fronting a guy, having a guy behind. They're constantly moving. And Caleb Boone can be part of that. If he can go out to the perimeter and defend some guys, that'd be great too, mm-hmm. right? It's it's one of those things. But I think it's coming. I do. But I think the foul trouble is really a difficult thing to swallow. Yeah. But that that's where it really stems from. He comes into his own. He works perfectly with his offense, right? As a rim Good runner, up. right? Uh, in the pick and roll game. And the post-up guy. Exactly, you know? yeah. And he, he proved it last season. He can do it. Right, uh, he exactly. Just, he needs to that, get that, back to that level. That's my thing. He, he, <laughs> he, sho- he showed it last year. Yeah. And here's why I don't think he's your RNA. Your RNA was always promised, promised, promised <laughs> without really the full product really uh-huh. coming out. With Yale Boone, you saw that with some of the, mm-hmm. the shot blocking, the defense, the um, the low on the ability on the low mm-hmm. block. You saw that already. So I think it's just getting better, getting stronger, and getting out of foul, foul trouble. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Yorane lives, okay, and it lives on through Caleb Boone. No, I'm kidding. He's going to get well, and he's he's going to get better uh, as the season goes along. Um, and and this OSU basketball team looks to be improving and and uh, definitely showing strides and, and an impressive win over Marquette last night. We will see how they do going forward, and we will be covering that all season long on Okali.com, at Okali Sports on Twitter, and at Okali on Twitter. I'm Ryan Abazinski, joined here as always by Sadiq Tuma. Have a great day.